there was big huge news giant that happened yep on this podcast oh and you ruined it like right up front i did i kind of just blurted it out that you're having a baby well now you did it again i shouldn't be trusted hey it's rochelle and carter and baby well not yet not yet. Uh, the KSBJ Morning Show, we announced just recently that you and your missus are yeah. pregnant. That's right. Well, she is. She is. Um, I refuse to use that phrase. Okay. We're pregnant. Okay. I'm like, you know, she's pregnant. She's doing the work. Give it some time. Yeah. Like, when she's emotionally all over the place, uh-huh. you're going to be like, we're in this together now. I'm I gonna really go, feel it. I'm going to go back and forth a little bit. Yeah. And I think she'll give it to you. Like, you wait until after pregnancy. Be like, I feel like I was in this with you. Yeah, I earned that over those nine Especially months. during labor pain. She's going to be like, oh, you think you were in this? <laughs> give me the epidural. <laughs> um, so, no, thank you for spending time with us. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We go through our, our quiet times and spiritual lives. And it's great because we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, no, I mean, by that, I mean, we're not experts. And it's... It's no. just going through life. We've not been given degrees in this. And now what did you, what did you get your degree in? My degree? Yes. Um, I got it in uh, Cheeto eating wow. and football watching. Now they call that Cheetle. You it, know that, right? Cheetle is what's actually in your fingertips. That's that, right. And that's from Cheeto's website. Cheetos did just say that. That but it's not Cheeto dust. It's Cheetle. Cheetle is Cheeto dust though. I wonder what Don Cheetle thinks. Because when you about. define something, you have to have a description for it. So what do you call it? The cheese dust. Yeah, that's exactly but right. No, it's a cheese dust. It's Cheetle. Then how do you define it without using that? How did we get here? I don't know. Because I asked you what your major was and you came up with junk. Yeah. Give me the truth. What was your major? Broadcasting. It was broadcasting. Broadcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was a very useful degree. What was that? Theater. (laughs) Clearly, you and your off-Broadway one-woman show. There's no business like Let's give you something to actually cling on to. Hope. Uh, Not that... (laughs) Come on, Ethel stanza. Merman. Um, HopeOnDemand.com. That song's going to cling to you all day. Yeah. It may be what you found is through, but if not, HopeOnDemand.com. It's a great you know, place for resources, videos, some of your favorite Christian artists talking about life like we're doing on this podcast, and also the Bible reading plan. It's going through Matthew currently, but you can actually read through the whole Bible in the plan that they actually provide, HopeOnDemand.com. I do love, especially because if you listen to this podcast, reading through the Bible chronologically, you do go through, obviously, Old Testament books first and then New Testament. Mm-hmm. But with the year Bible, they, they want to give you a little bit of both. That's nice. Oh, it's it's so good. Because you with yours, you didn't get to the New Testament until October, right? It, it's September, like at the September. end of September. Yeah. yeah. I was counting down the days. I really was. Yeah. I was like, I need some Jesus. You're like I this. need Jesus to come and save us. Isn't that beautiful, though? Because that's exactly how the people felt. Yeah. We need yeah. Messiah. And I was there. I was like, I'm right there with those folk. And I'm not even dealing with all this stuff they're dealing with. So I've been going through Matthew lately and still kind of am. But um, I wanted to take a break. I actually just skimmed this because uh, Kelsey, my wife, and I are planning to read through Ezra, Mm -hmm. which is the name of the child that is coming. Yay. Super excited about it. And um, so a couple of things on this. I I was uh, reading through the first chapter of Ezra, and this is about, I mean, the the king is just all about building a temple to the the God of gods, to, uh, you know, to God of, uh, I can't remember how it was phrased here. I mean, our God, the God in in Jerusalem, temple of worship in Jerusalem was we wanted to build. And if you read over that first chapter of Ezra, everybody seems to have a passion for God. They're all ready to help build mm-hmm. and they uh, even along with free will offerings as it's as it's uh, termed and just 
to me, I, I believe that means what they wanted to bring, what they could bring. They weren't instructed to bring necessarily anything, but they brought what they wanted. Hey, I'll sacrifice this to God. I remember you telling me that you and your wife have already gotten the baby's bureau, like the dresser. The dress- oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what is that? There's the, a million things. The credenza, the, the bureau, credenza, the, the, well, yeah, the chest of drawers, uh-huh, uh-huh. but, uh, in, in just fashioning, how will we put everything in the room? Where, what will it look like? And making this special place that will welcome this precious child. Yeah. You know, how much more the King of Kings, we're going to make this temple spectacular. We're yeah. excited so that you kind of capture the joy that's being put into the making of this this place. We've been praying that Ezra is sensible and sensitive and just seeing even I think this is just really cool. Their passion for God and praying that our child has that, mm. uh, that he is is um, not just goes through with half twos and the go to church because we made him, but just that he does have that passion. Yeah. To the, and knows knows that God loves him. There's and, a play on words there, the sensible and sensitive. But mm-hmm. I think those are two incredibly noble things to pray for. I don't know that it gets better. Yeah. I don't know, because if if they are being sensible, they're using wisdom. Right. And yeah. if they're sensitive to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life, could there be a better prayer? And sensitive to other people that they're not just harsh, you know, that he's not just harsh. because I He mean, knows better or whatever. This is going to be an incredible kid. Uh, well. God willing, God will. And, you know, we're whipping with that boy into shape. But what's really awesome is that God always keeps his word. And he says in his word that your prayers mean a lot to him. Yeah. The prayers of a righteous man avail much with God. So you're praying this over your child and, you know, and praying over your own life as parents. Lord, help equip us with the things that we need. God is one to always hold up on his end of the bargain. And if he's like promised you wisdom, he's going to give it to you. Can I be honest? I don't even know if I've told you about this, Rochelle. One thing that I've been sensitive to is because it took us a little while to get pregnant. There you go. I used the phrase. We got pregnant. And um, it was, it. Uh, I, I guess I won't get into a whole lot because it doesn't even really matter, I guess. And also, I don't know what Kelsey wants me to share and what she doesn't. So um, you should do it on a podcast where thousands of people hear you. Yeah, fives and fives of people. <laughs> pairs of people listen to this podcast. Um so it just took us a little while mm-hmm. and we're seven years, almost seven years married. And so this would have been a little earlier than now. So I've been sensitive to the fact that, and I don't know where the balance is, honestly, I don't want to go around and it's, you, this might be you listening, but with my friends, I don't want to go around parading that I'm having a kid when I know others are dealing with infertility. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 one friend comes to mind and he's been so happy for me and yeah. brought it up. Yeah. I just kind of, you know, I forgot to even tell him what the gender was, honestly. Like yeah. we found out and put it on Facebook and then he brings it up. And he was like, so you're having a boy. And I was like, yeah, I kind of forgot to tell you because I just, I don't want to, do you know what I mean? I don't want to parade it around. I do. Um, and I don't know what my Christian, I guess the reason I bring it up on here, I don't want to make, I, I want to know what my Christian responsibility is in terms of, being sensitive, but being excited at the same time. You're responsible for your own person. Mm-hmm. You're not responsible for how other people will respond to what is happening okay. to okay. them in life. Yeah. That's my personal thought. You know, if you have a dear close friend who struggles with infertility, they find out that you're having a child with your wife and they go to this place, which would be very natural and expected of 
feelings of jealousy, mm-hmm. sadness mm-hmm. that they don't have a, a child yet on the way. Um, but also very happy for their their friends, genuinely happy, but struggling with all those emotions and balancing it all. I mean, you know that you have a true friend when they choose to take it to a place of being grateful to God that you are in that position. So can I tell you something too? Yeah, I, and, and well, I want to finish yeah. up with this thought. Never underestimate the people in your life who love you well, because even if at first they struggle, you know, we, we have to trust that God is working a grace filled place and miracle for their life. Mm -hmm. So if you wrong someone and you've apologized and it takes them a minute to work through it or whatever, you have to trust the Jesus in them to grace it over. Yeah. Eventually. Or let's say you do wrong somebody and you don't even, there have been times where I know I've wronged a person, have no awareness of it at all. And in fact, years later, they may come back and say, hey, this was an area of struggle for me. I chose to just cover it in grace and move on. But I really want to love you well and come alongside you and tell you how you could maybe improve in this area because you you done me wrong. Mm. You get to see in that moment, wow, God used this as a, a a stretching place, a character growth opportunity moment for that person to cover you with grace and and mature. So, yeah, you can't accept responsibility if someone doesn't take it well, Carter, because this is a celebratory thing. Well, can I tell you this? My friend talking about I totally spaced this. And this is the part that actually makes makes me tear up a little bit. Um, you're talking about friends. love You choose the people around you. You know, their friends if you if they love you well or what mm-hmm. you said something to that effect. When I brought that up that I. I said that I don't want to make it awkward or anything like that. Like, I don't want to just pray it around that. I told him that. And he said, no, honestly, it gives us hope mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, because we dealt with a little bit of it. They're dealing with more of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a similar situation. In fact, a similar medical situation. And he said that it gives us hope. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's he's taking it that way. Like, what an awesome man of God, first of all. And also it encouraged me. We make assumptions about people around us. Like we think we know what other people are going through. Whereas this friend of yours obviously uh, took you into his, um, I don't know, a secret place with he and his wife and let you know, we're really trying and we're struggling here. And I think that's awesome. It's a, it's a grand responsibility to have because they're entrusting that information to you. Uh, So never taking that. um, I'm glad that you spoke with him. You didn't want to take that information for granted um, and, and do, do it casually. <laughs> you wanted to take it to a place. Of, I, I want, you know, I'm sensitive about where you guys are mm-hmm. and I don't know how to toe that line with you. And when you asked me earlier, how, what is my responsibility as a Christian? I gave you a very broad answer. I think, yes, it is not your responsibility, but at the same time, the Bible does tell us as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we do have a responsibility to each other in part. You know, this is the body of Christ here. So being sensitive, if you know somebody's story, specifically that couple who's struggling, and you know that they might be taking it well as opposed to that other couple over there who won't be, Yeah, you do have to pray all of that stuff through the Holy Spirit filter. Like, God, I don't know how to go with with this. Well, you, know? you would, I guess it's, it's a similar thing. You want to have each other's backs, right? Uh, that may be the best way to say doing life with Christian people, having each other's backs. And if you're a wine drinker, you're not going to intentionally go have a glass of wine in front of somebody you know that is struggling with alcoholism. Yeah. Why, why would you do that? That'd just right. be a mean thing to do. Be a stumbling block. Right? Yeah. And so at the same time, I wouldn't 
when I know somebody's having a hard time with it, and especially if I'm not that close to them, mm-hmm. I wouldn't parade in and go, guess what? Having a kid. And I think that's what's been even a little tough with me. We we announced it earlier this week with the KSBJ Morning Show. It's a weird thing when there's thousands of people listening and, you know, somebody listening's dealing with it. Yeah. So you don't want to be too happy, but it is a happy thing. And it's something, honestly, uh, at working at a radio station every Mother's Day. Yeah, we do get these incredibly heartfelt, very loving emails. Most of them are saying, listen, I get it. Mother's Day. Many moms are excited to to be celebrated by their families. That's awesome. But I've struggled with infertility. Some of us cannot have children. This is really difficult to talk about. Do you guys have to talk about it? And it's one of those things where we have to weigh that with God and say, Lord, you've called us to this ministry place on the radio. How do we handle this? And we we do try to handle it with care. But at the same time, you can't also just stop living in and around people. When Mother's Day is everywhere. Yeah, it's like, Father, I have to find in those areas where I'm sensitive myself because I've struggled with whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. God, help. Would you help me? strengthen some that that part of me that so hurts would you help bring healing to it so i can celebrate with other people because i do want to celebrate with people in those areas where they have no struggle but i may consistently have one well yeah and on the and i'll I'll say a last point on this because we want to get to what rochelle's you know talking about um that no i'm good here i like this you like this whatever (laughs) that you have gone through or are going through i think you'll also be surprised to find people silently going through it uh, as well, or have gone through it when you open up a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, I opened up a little bit to my neighbor and he revealed to me that they, they had gone through a miscarriage. Mm. And, um, I was actually talking about that because of this medical situation that Kelsey has gone through, uh, fearing that, yeah. and then seeing a, a, a former friend, a college friend that just went through it. And I was kind of talking about this and, and he said, yeah, me and my wife went through it. Yeah. And and so just I think being being vulnerable, you've talked about it before with the um, uh, the the vase that has holes in it. You want yeah. the light to shine through. Yeah. And if op- it's patched up, up nobody's going to know what you're going through and can't relate. You put a bunch of makeup over it. Nobody's going to see. Yeah. And sometimes people need to see that scar because they have one that matches. Mm. You yeah, know, that's, a, that's exactly right. So, yeah, that's really, really good. I'm so excited for you guys. Um I'm so excited about Ezra. Can I say one thing before we get to the, I get your to thing? hold him and love him. You you were just and cuddle. What did what did what do you like the 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 cheeks the cheeks and his the little neck puffy thing cheeks. and oh my goodness most babies they have no neck they're like a linebacker mm-hmm. so they've got no neck that mm-hmm. goes straight from chin to chest mm-hmm. but if you can get in there with your face and you kind of blow bubbles or whatever right there they giggle and it's the best and they smell so sweet. <laughs> you don't know so yet. Into it. Listen, you know you know what I can't stand already. What? If you if you have a plan, well, that's true too. It, but I've had that problem for a long time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so if you if you say to anybody that's a, that's a parent or yeah. or a grandparent or yeah. whatever, um, if you say you have this plan about my kid's not going to be a picky eater and we're going to try this or, <laughs> uh-huh. or we're going to try potty training by age two. Or you say something that's just insane to everybody. You know what they do? They you, snarkily say. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we said that too. 
We said that too. We'll see. Yeah. Sleep training, we're just going to try. Okay. <laughs> All right. You stupid. You know what I mean? That's just like, you just, you're, I'm just <laughs> such a dummy for trying to have this future plan. No. I know it's not going to go all accordingly. I'm not, not saying we're going to be the perfect parents, but you just have this small plan in certain areas and people just laugh in your face. Listen, if the general didn't go in with some sort of strategy, doesn't mean he doesn't think on his feet. That's exactly right, Once Rochelle. Once you're in the middle of the battle, you're going to have to think on your feet because it's not going to go according to the plan. The enemy isn't going to walk out things the way you want it to. That's very true. Okay, but- so you have to have a plan going in. But as long as you're aware that you may have to switch up some stuff, I think it'll be a less stressful event when you when you realize, hey, I got a plan going in. Uh-huh. It's probably not going to work out the way I thought. And then just everybody else and their, quote, good advice where they give you that snarky lip curling. Okay. Yeah. That can be stressful to me, especially when I was pregnant. I don't want to hear your advice. <sighs> you, you I'm the what? size of the Titanic. Leave me alone. <laughs> you, you know what <laughs> I feel of why this has happened is because we're too proud of a people. And we're not going to go back to the person who told us the snarky advice and say you were right. right. We're just going to hold on to that oh. and do it to the next person we yes. see that's a new parent. This is spiritually not good advice, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not advising it. I'm just right, saying this right. is what people are doing. I know. We're just, uh, this is a podcast where we say anything but quiet time. I'm just <laughs> reminding you this is not the spiritual angle we should probably take with our lives, but I get it. I do get it. Yeah. Yeah. I received an email recently in regards to a devotional book. I look at devotionals as a tool, not as um, something that I should read in place of reading scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, a, it's a, an aid. Yeah, it can be an aid. You know, you read a mere Christianity book by uh, C.S. Lewis or... Purpose Driven Life. Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren, Oswald Chambers comes to mind, My Utmost for His Highest. These incredibly integritous and lovely people um, who have taken their spiritual walk with the Lord and put it down as a devotional tool for us to kind of glean from and learn from. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to agree with everything they write. Oswald Chambers is, uh, you know, a guy that I believe died in World War One, and they found this journal, and he's way more intelligent than I. But I, there's been times I have disagreed. Yeah. You know? And that doesn't mean you're wrong. Right. It doesn't mean heresy. Um, and you can even read in the New Testament where Paul and Peter completely disagreed with each other. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, how could anybody so strongly, boldly, Proclaim that Peter, you know, the guy the on this rock, I will build my church. Peter is wrong. Yeah. And Paul, the apostle took it on and said, yeah, I think you're wrong. Hmm. So you can disagree agreeably. That's for certain. But there is a book that I'm reading in terms of Greek translation and a lovely email came through in regards to, hey, just so you know, I don't know if this gentleman has the credentials um, to be talking about this. And from what I understand, uh, Renner is one who studied under, not in a, in some sort of a professional setting, like he, he went to school and got an education, but he sat under a person who did have an education and thorough knowledge of Greek. Um, and so he has gleaned from scripture and taken from literal translation these amazing thoughts and put them together in a book form that I've been reading and, and really just rich stuff. But it was a reminder to me, don't just take other people's word for it. Study to show yourself approved. Yeah, That was the first thought that I had. Also, hold fast the good. You know, test everything, but hold fast the good. Because just like you would read uh, maybe the most first highest from Oswald Chambers, Carter reads it and he'll get a lot of good stuff, but there'll be some stuff that he won't necessarily hold on to because you're holding fast the good. And 
I, I saw this movie that was so good. Now, Rotten Tomatoes will tell you otherwise. I disagree. You can't it, trust the critics. Oh, it, it's based off of a book, but a true encounter or a true story. And it's how the Oxford Dictionary was made. And it's called The Mad Men. Okay. No, no, no. Excuse me. The Professor and the Mad Men. And it stars Mel Gibson and Sean Penn, which I mean, those are <laughs> you talk about two completely controversial figures in yeah. Hollywood opposite ends of the spectrum but the story is about this gentleman his name is murray and he helped develop the oxford dictionary he got the ball rolling not a professionally educated human being Mm. but yet he had self-taught himself multiple languages and when he's confronted in the beginning of the movie spoiler alert you know these scholars are basically saying why should we give you the opportunity to take on this oxford dictionary responsibility something that apparently they'd been planning for a long long time but nobody had ever gotten the jump on and he starts listing off all the languages that he knew and he (laughs) he basically justifies I'm the guy for the job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he shows off a little bit. And it's not, there's no egocentric way that he does it. He's just like, I understand that I don't have the qualifications according to what most here on this campus feel w- would be necessary for such a task as this. This is a big thing I would be taking on. However, then he gives all the reasons why he desires to help because he loves words. He loves the history of words and the knowledge of words. And so he works towards this collection of finding every single word ever known to man in the English language. Yeah. And you can imagine that's constantly changing, which is addressed in the movie. Did he have woke in there? (laughs) Exactly. That's my point. Like every week your kid is going to come home and say something else. It's Uh not tubular. It might make it into the urban dictionary, but it's not necessarily making it into the, you know, the other ones. Right. Online, of course, we have this incredible source. If you need to find out what a word means, you just go online. You've got the origin. You know how to pronounce it. Everything you need is right there. But it's because of people like this guy, Murray, who Mel Gibson plays in the film, uh, that we have it in the first place. But he wasn't a, a educated man, according to other people's standards. So his credentials were questioned. On top of that, there's this guy who is convicted of murder, it turns out has schizophrenia, who is played by Sean Penn, who is incredibly educated, but of course socially unaccepted because he's behind prison walls. And he starts helping because Mel Gibson at one point, excuse me, Murray, at one point in the film, he starts requesting the aid of those who understand words. Hey, if you hear a word, please send it to us. If you know the origins, we're interested in where these, these words came from. This is a task then maybe we as a community can tackle hmm. and it'll make it easier. And Sean Penn uh, it plays this character who's behind prison prison walls, very learned, is a doctor, sees this message in a book that he is given and he starts helping. So now this Oxford Dictionary is being put together by two completely unanticipated sources, right? And I, I think about that in general. If... If these folks were allowed to give and contribute so much to society, I mean, that dictionary, what an incredible feat. And we're still gleaning from what a treasure trove it is to our society. I mean, we know where words come from. My son right now involved in a spelling bee, learning the origins of things. Uh, That is a gift that somebody would do that for me so I don't have to do it on my own. God has given us so much of a gift in himself and who he is. And sometimes you might be overwhelmed with that thought. Well, who am I 
to share who he is with other people. But I look at a story like the one I just shared. These guys, who were they? Yeah. Nobody, according to society, according to their peers. But they were the ones who tackled this incredible thing. And look at what happened. Who am I that I should share about Jesus? But look at the people that he chose. He chose a fisherman. Well, it's very interesting. We read back and, you know, when you use the word Pharisee, mm-hmm. hey, it's kind of an insult nowadays because of we read that and it was almost never good. <laughs> there were These are the educated guys back in the day that Jesus didn't. Um, what's the right phrase? He he wasn't here for their ego. He wasn't here for their attitude, for their entitlement. The law that they studied, he was there to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And he had to change their world upside down. And a lot of them weren't ready to be turned upside down. And so we we read that and we go, yeah, it's the, it's the Peter and it's the, you know, I mean, the John, I mean, anybody that was, you know, Paul's kind of an exception. He was an educated person. Yeah, but Pharisee. the rest of the guys, like you mentioned, fishermen and all that. And we're encouraged by stories like that. Mm-hmm. True stories. And we get to nowadays. And I know I have this habit of. Well, let's go with the, with what the pastor says. Mm. He, you know, whoever the guy in charge is, or the most educated person in the room, and I, I think there should be a respect level. I think a lot of the times, in most situations, pastors should go to seminary or, or have at least have studied in some way. But mm-hmm. why can't I lead a small group? Sure. Why can't it's it's about where you're at spiritually and not these human things that we've put on. Well, you have to have this degree, and I, I'm I'm telling you, pastors nowadays are going. It's not just me, guys. Mm-hmm. We need the church body mm-hmm. to actually step up. I, I remember one of the weirdest things I've ever been a part of, and it turned into one of the coolest few months of my life. Um, I was at a church. The whole staff left at the same time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even <laughs> necessarily a split per se. The pastor was too much in charge and he said he wanted this thing. I don't know. It doesn't even really matter, but he said he wanted this thing. We brought in an outside. There's people that actually will come in to help yeah, with a consultant, a, a consultant yeah. to help two sides agree. And it's just really sad when that happens in mm-hmm. a church. And so him and somebody else left and the rest of the staff got fired. Mm-hmm. So here we are, this church of volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, that was weird. But the next few months was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was people actually stepping up to lead Sunday school, to serve where, you know, before you're dragging people, you're trying to just, it's yeah. like, uh, what's what's the phrase? Uh, it, um, dragging your feet. Dragging your, sure, whatever. Uh, it, it's it, it's like grinding teeth, whatever the phrase is, where now we know the situation and here we are, these people that don't have degrees. Yeah. And we're doing, we're the hands and feet of Christ. Makes you think about Hurricane Harvey when it came and devastated mm-hmm. and people stepped up and got in their boats because Judge Ed Emmett had told us to get out there and help rescue people. We weren't professionals. Most of us didn't know what we were doing. Some people were floating around on air mattresses, but they were using what they had. And at this point, you know, um, we want to encourage to get as, get, go to the word for as much knowledge as you can attain there. And his spirit will guide you. His wisdom is is there to attain, uh, and he promises it to all who ask. Um, so that's important. At the same time, you, maybe you feel inept. Oh, I haven't read as much scripture as so-and-so. You know the truth. Mm-hmm. The Bible doesn't say if you know the truth only until you read all of it and memorize everything in it. Will it set you free? No, it says the truth will set you free. So if you know that truth, you can help 
you can help in the in the setting free of others and sharing it or in living it, God will be glorified through the testimony that he has created in your rescue story. I think that's also another reason, because the worry here is we start letting people that aren't educated run around. We're just going to have this false gospel or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's there's another reason. If we all know the truth mm-hmm. and then somebody steps up and says, Jesus told me we're going to start this new church and you have to wear moon shoes to get in. I don't know. Then we'd be like, <laughs> yeah, that's not uh, that's not in the scripture because yeah. we've read it. You know, Study and, and so to show yourself approved. It's about all of us doing that. Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't know the answer, don't make anything up because that's not OK either. Right. I don't know. The answer to that is really an acceptable thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I've heard stories where people go into the hospital and the doctors go, wow, I'm befuddled. I don't know what this is. Yeah. And they go and they get somebody else to help them out. That is acceptable. If that is the case in, you know, settings that are not church oriented, how much more would it be acceptable? If, you know? Exactly. I, it's okay. I think we put these crazy amounts of pressure on ourselves. And Jesus is like, hey, I am. My burden is easy. My burden is light. You know, you need to be reminded of that in this moment. I I pray that that's encouragement to you. And you are so loved. Anywho. It's like pulling teeth. My goodness. That's the phrase I was looking for. That's it. And, you know. You know what's like pulling teeth? Remembering your phrase. I know, For the rest of us, we have to deal with you figuring it out. A couple things, because we would have gotten an email. We love emails. If you want us to talk about a certain thing or if you have a question or a comment, uh, morningshow at ksbj.org. Mm-hmm. And also we'd ask if you if you wouldn't mind leaving a review on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're at, the five stars in a comment can help people, other people discover this podcast where maybe they hear a, a truth they haven't heard before. Here's Hopefully. a challenge. Here's a challenge. For somebody to leave a five-star review and actually write a comment. Okay, okay. You have a fun comment? Wow, I can't believe I won a billion dollars simply by listening to this <laughs> podcast. There you go. People tune in. That is the opposite of honesty. <laughs> and we do not encourage it. And then just write, just kidding at the end, in very small font. <laughs> Bless her heart.